want to remain standing as I read our scripture for today. I want to take us back to the scene on the cross coming out of Luke 23. It'll be on the screen here. It says, two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him, with Jesus. And when they came to a place called the skull, they nailed him to the cross. And the criminals were also crucified, one on his right, one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, and they don't know what they are doing. And the soldiers, they gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. The crowd watched and the leaders scoffed. He saved others. Let him save himself if he's really God's Messiah, if he's really God, the chosen one. The king of the Jews, save yourself. Sign was fastened with him, with these words, above him with these words. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffs. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. And you see the scene here, the, the, the gore, the torture that has been taking place. One of the eyewitness accounts that we have uh, said he was beyond recognition on who he was and how beaten he had been. People are mocking him in his final moments. And he's saying at this time, Father, forgive them. Forgiveness is on his mind in the midst of all this. And then the other guy who's dying right next to him is even mocking him as well. The other criminal protested, said, Don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? He says, We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. And then he looked at Jesus and he said, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. He says, I assure you today, today, you will be with me in paradise. Got a question for you uh, before, before we see, think about this. On a scale of 1 to 100, on a scale of 1 to 100, how good are you? All right, so you could think about like 0 to 50, that's like, Uh, axe murderers, people who don't wash their hands after they go to the bathroom, Dallas Cowboy fans, all right? I mean, bad people, okay? Then then you got uh, 50 to 100, you know, that's that's Mother Teresa, Billy Graham, people named Mike, you know, good people, good people, right? What what is, how good are you? And before you take a seat, we got a lot of people in the room. Say hello to like three, four, five, six people. Let them know you're glad to see them and tell them your number while you're at it, okay? You can defend yourself, all right? But say hello to a few people. Want to welcome in our online church family as well. We have, uh, we're live streaming on Facebook. Many of you guys know that. You can jump on and, and join them Uh too, and you can comment as, as we're going along. I love that aspect of, of Freedom Church and, and the fact that you can be online and in person at the same time. Um, uh, all right, so let's, let's just get this out in the open since we're, we're here. I know we're just meeting some of us for the very first time, but uh, we're, we can be real here. So um, who are like 1 to 29? You kind of rated yourself on that low end. Uh, anybody in, put themselves in the, wait, keep them up. Keep your hands up if you're in the 1 to 29. Our ushers, see these, these are the bad people. Let's get them uh, out. Like, 
Did they raise their hand? All right, all right. Um, 30, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. 30 to 50, you're kind of still on that lower half. So you, you're kind of, you're here, all right? You, hey, you make the top half possible, all right? We're grateful for you. Um, okay, um, 50 to, or 51 to 80. You're, you're, yeah. Look at you. You're good people. Hey, Ray, keep your hands up. Pat them on the back. They're good people. They're good. These are good people. All right. Uh, I'm trying to get my numbers right here. Okay. 80 and above. 80 to 100. Anybody? Can I keep your hands up high. You are so full of yourself. Come on now. We keep them up. We know we want to. We want to know about you. All right. All right. Um, I asked that question just to, to bring that. We're gonna we're gonna kind of dive into that a little bit here, but um, I I asked that question, how good are you? And a part of me wanted to ask the question, which you? Like which you? The Easter? Did you rate yourself on the Easter Sunday version of you? That's you. I mean, you look beautiful. You look great. Did you rate yourself on that you, or did you rate yourself on the you that cussed your kids out on the way to church saying, hey, we got to get out of here. Come on, let's go. Like, which you? The, like, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a part of what I love about Freedom Church, if you're new here, all right, we, we want to be real. We, we, we don't want to have to be fake and put on a show. We, we want to be able to have to... to um, have God just view the good parts and bad parts of us and know that he still loves you? Like that's a big part of today's message, that no matter what number you are, God sees you, he loves you, he has a plan for you. There's, there's a reason that you're here today. Some of you are here today, the real you is here today because you are lonely and you're looking for some sort of connection some of you are here today and you're grieving. You've life recently or a while back and it hurts. You're here today and you're in, in, in pain and you're hurting. You're questioning God. Like, are you real? Are you there? Do you even care? And I want to say it is okay if you're asking those questions, if you're feeling those feels, you're not less spiritual because you're asking hard questions you're human and as we are going to be we're starting a new series today i know some of you guys are, are like um you're you, you're checking out you're here for the first time and like i said earlier i'm glad you're here but we are going to spend the next few weeks kind of diving into some real questions one of the one of the questions that I want to ask today that we're going to be talking about today is what would God want to do with me? What what would he want anything to do with me? Here's here's God, here's the scene. God, he's Jesus, who we believe is God, big G, is on a cross dying. You have everyone mocking him and then you have a this one guy who has who's who's dying as well saying hey when you go into heaven would you remember me i think that's a pretty bold question or pretty bold statement remember me which me the criminal me 
or the one that's like having faith in these last few moments. Like I would say, Jesus, when you enter into the kingdom, don't remember all the stuff that I did. Don't remember that, babe. Remember this me right here. And asking that question, which you do you rate yourself on? How good are you in God's eyes? And why would he want anything to do with me? I would look at this scene if I'm there and say, this is God, just like the other ones. If this is God, save yourself. His own, his own followers were running away from this scene because they're like, we're next. This isn't who we thought he was going to be. They're scared. They're freaking out. Peter's denying even knowing Jesus. Struggling with what they're seeing. If this is God, this is his grand scheme. It doesn't look like he's in control. It, in fact, it looks like he's out of control. It doesn't even look like he's there. But as Christians, we know what happens next. And we know that God was orchestrating this whole thing, that he was central in all of these things, that even though it looked like chaos in their lives, even though it looks like chaos in your life, even though our world looks like a dumpster fire, I'm telling you, it's not based on the circumstances. He's still in control. He's still alive. He's still sovereign. He still has a plan, and he's still working, and he's still active. What would he want to do with you and I? What would God want to do? Have you ever thought about that? A couple years ago, uh, scientists, I'm sure some of you know exactly what this is. I'm not a scientist. I love science, but I'm not good with all the numbers. But apparently, in the M87 galaxy, we took some sort of photo of a black hole. We pieced it together. This thing is, in the, is uh, 55 million light years away and and this is the view that we got now light years is uh one light year or is our light travels at 186,000 miles per second okay that's how fast light travels so in one light year 5.88 trillion miles and this thing is 55 million light years like we can't even our brain can't even fathom what it is Somehow, I don't know how, some really smart people figure out, this is what we, the picture we got, which interestingly enough, kind of looks like that thing on the Lord of the Rings. Weird, huh? Like, I don't know how they figured that out. Also, anyone a cat fan? Cat fan? All right. Just, just saying, it's kind of weird, kind of weird. But we're in Los Alamos. We've seen black holes before. We kind of know what that looks like. All right. Kind of looks like this. Kind of looks like this. Um, back in 1977, we shot out the Voyager 1, sent it out into space, had to go take pictures. And then as it was kind of exiting our, our galaxy or getting close to its lifespan, in 1990, we told it to turn around, face Earth, and take a picture. And, and this is a very famous picture that we got. It's called the pale blue dot. It took months for this picture to be put together because it would send one pixel back uh, at a time, and then we, we stitched it all together, and this is this is the picture. Earth is right here, obviously, but Earth is is less than the size of a pixel in this picture. So, go back to the why would God, in this big, grand, expansive universe, want to do with this pale blue 
dot, this little bitty, less than the size of a pixel in our own galaxy, much less the entire universe, what does he want to do with that pale little dot? And we are just one little speck in time on that pale blue dot. What does God want to do with us? It's crazy to kind of think about that they got this big universe, and yet he wants to be so personal. I, I find these questions fascinating, which again is why I, I want to invite you back over the course of these next few weeks. Like, don't miss out on, on what God might want to speak to you as we, we ask some tough questions. I prayed. It didn't work. What, what, what's up with that? I don't always feel God. Is he even real? If, if God is good, then why is life so hard? All right, big questions that we ask. We're going to talk about these things right here. And, I, and big questions. If God's good, why did he create cats? Sorry, cat lovers. I, I'm a dog fan. Dog fans? Dog fans? All right. Cat, fa- cat fans? I'm like, <clears throat> I like to have fun here too, by the way. <laughs> but I, I want to I be able to, to, to jump into some of these uh, questions. And I know for some of you, you're like, Mike, okay, I'm here, but I've been hurt by the church. I'm, I'm really kind of even, my Apple Watch is kind of thinking I'm, my heart rate's going off the charts or something because I've walked in the doors for the first time. I, I, listen, I get it. At the same time, I want to say, join the club. Because every one of us, we have been hurting. We have some sort of story where we've been wounded. And we are finding so much healing here at Freedom. Slowly but surely, at your own pace, God moves and he stirs in our hearts and we're finding healing. God's been, if you've been a part over the past few months, you know, God has been doing something on Sunday mornings in this place, stirring, and it's blowing us away. I don't want you to miss what God's doing um, in your life and what he's speaking. And so I, I just, if you come on these next few weeks, I'm telling you, God's going to speak. He's going to speak something directly to you. Who is this God anyway? This God that's so big and expansive. Sometimes we wonder if he's even there and if he cares. Christians would answer that question to say, well, that God kind of looks like Jesus hanging on a cross between two criminals. Two bad guys. Two guys who had, who had done some really bad things, deserved to die, And Jesus is saying, today you will be with me in paradise. I want to to talk about the significance of, of the Easter story. Easter is more than just, ah, Jesus died, and then there's a happy ending, and he's alive. There is so much significance to the why behind what is transpiring behind all of these events. And and in our quest for significance in life, in our quest for purpose and meaning, we all have this desire, like there's something more. It's found in here. The first thing that is significant about everything that's taking place, why is he even dying on the cross? 
It has to deal with the fact that you and I, I know I asked you, are you a good person or bad? How good are you? How bad are you? Truth is, we're all bad. None of us are bad in a thousand. None of us are 100. All right. Nobody in here is perfect. Right. You, it, and I, I think that's a there's a freedom behind that to be like, I don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect with God. Stop trying to be perfect. No one likes to hang out with that person anyway. We want someone who's genuine and authentic and real. Bible says it like this, for everyone has sinned, but we all fall short of God's glorious standard, okay? So you don't have to be perfect with God. You, we, we're all struggling with this thing called sin. I had a friend of mine, she came to church in one of the first years, and she said, I want to come to freedom, but Mike, I don't feel like I'm good enough for God. I said, you're not. And she kind of looked at me like, that's mean. I'm like, nobody is. No one. So don't stop trying to, to, to be good enough. The, the, there's a misconception, a misunderstanding. If you were to walk the streets and talk to people, how do you get into heaven? Just in general, they don't have to be Christians or whatever. Hey, you believe in heaven? Yeah, okay, well, how do you get into heaven? The majority of people would say, be good. Be a good person. Don't be an axe murderer. Or don't, don't do bad things. Just, just be genuinely a good person. But that is not the language that is used in Scripture when we find out our standing with God. How does he view us? It's not good and bad. Ephesians chapter 2, 5 says, Even though we are, say this word with me, even though we are dead because of our sins, he gave us, say this with me, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. So this is the significance, okay? It's not, oh, I, get, I was a bad person or I was, I was a good person and then I gave my life to Jesus and then he made me better. No, I was dead. I can't revive myself. No one can revive me. I'm dead. He raised me to life. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. So it talks about in terms of not, oh, good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. No, we're all bad. We're all dead in our sins. And he raises us to life. How do I get into heaven? Not being good. It's not about being good. It's about being forgiven. Forgiven people make it into heaven. That's what scripture clearly states. So what's the equation here? If we got to put it in math terms, Jesus plus what? equals salvation. Jesus plus what gets me into heaven? It's kind of trying to say it in a different way. Jesus plus doing good gets me salvation? Or Jesus not doing plus bad, not doing bad things, that's what gets me in? No. Is Jesus plus nothing? It's just Jesus. This is the beauty of a relationship with God. Like God just tries to make it as simple and as clear as can be, which goes against so much of our just natural instincts, okay? Here's the simplicity. God just like saying, hey, guess what? You, you, you're, there's, you're not going to be able to make it into heaven. You, you, one sin, one blemish, just one is enough to create the separation between you and I. 
and there's nothing you can do to, 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 to clean up the gap. Now, we would think that might be a bad thing, but I think God's just trying to clear it up. Like, hey, you, you can't do anything, so don't even try. So many of us, we think of it's real called religion. Oh, I got to do good works. I got to read my Bible. I got to go to church. I got to give money. I got to go on mission trips. I got to serve. Then God will be happy with me. He's like, stop all of that. You can't earn it. Ephesians 2.8 says, God saved you by his grace. This is the beauty of Christianity. Grace, when you believe. You can't take credit for it. It is a gift from God. Go back to the thief on the cross. Today, you will be with me in paradise. What could the thief do in order to earn his salvation? Nothing. He was, there was nothing he could do. He was stuck on the cross in his final moments, in his final breath. It is called a relationship. It is a, God just wants a relationship with you. So he's making it simple, saying, stop trying to earn it because you can't. And at the same time, I will, I will like kind of lower the bar as, as low as it can go. I'll do all the work. How about you and I just have a relationship? Let's just be friends. You don't have to do the religious thing with me. Let's just have love, a loving relationship with one another. That's it. So many people and so many of us are trying to play the good enough game with God. Just be a good person. And then you make it in. Or, you know, I'm not that bad. I'm not that person. I didn't kill anyone. Tell me something. What, how good is good enough with the good enough God? Follow that route. That God sucks. Good enough God. What's your current scorecard anyway? I know you rated yourself, but if, if that God is real, if good enough God is real, what's your current score right now today? Anybody know? No, it's a total guessing game. You never know. With that God, it is endless striving, and you are working and working and working, and the, Jesus says, I don't want any of that for you. I want you to know. I don't want you to work. I want you to just be in relationship with me. You don't have to earn it. Grace, it's a gift. You receive it. One of my other favorite verses in Scripture comes right from the cross as well. This one comes out of John, okay? He tells that thief, today you will be with me in paradise. If that guy can make it in, anybody can make it in. He's saying, you're in, man. We have a, even though it's in the final moments, you're surrendering your life to me, you're in. And Jesus, while he's on the cross, it says in, in, in John chapter 19, when he received the drink, Jesus said three of the most amazing words you could ever imagine. It is finished. Say those three words with me. It is finished. One more time. It is finished. I don't know if he's up there on the cross and it is like a triumphal cry or if it's like this private whisper. I don't know how they, they saw it. They recorded it. And I know for some of us today, like, 
you're hearing this, you're like, no, Mike, not me. I'm, you, I'm too bad. Like, you don't know what I've done. Like, if I tried to run for president, this thing would get dragged up and it's like, oh man, I would just break loose and no way. Not, not that thing. I can't. Jesus would say, it is finished. At the cross, the place of your shame, the place of your embarrassment and your regret, that is the place of his grace. The place where your mistakes and your failures, that is the place of his forgiveness and where it is found. I declare to you today, it is finished. You don't have to work to clean the slate. Jesus did it all. He accomplished it right there, and he declared it not only for them in that moment, but for you and I today. The beauty, the gospel, which means good news of Jesus, is that it's done. He did it all. And the good news is he did not stay dead. When he breathed his last, and Joseph of Arimathea, rolled that stone over the tomb. They had no idea what was going to happen next. It seemed like death had won, that they were all without hope, that they had invested their whole lives in something that was a total sham. But on Sunday, on Sunday, when they came to the grave, nobody was expecting nobody. That tomb was empty, and it changed everything in that moment. That one event changed the entire course of history to say this man is who he says he was. This is, this is how Luke records this. When they come across very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone and had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes, and the women were terrified, and they bowed their faces to the ground. And the men asked, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. What a haunting question that pierces right to the soul. Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? significance. There's significance behind his death, his resurrection. So many of us are searching for significance in life. Why are you searching? Why are you looking among the dead for someone is who, who is alive? You are searching for significance in success. You are searching for significance in status. You are looking for significance in, in square footage. You are looking for, for significance in stuff, in salary, in another S word that I, I just keep. You are looking for something among the dead. It will never satisfy. Those things that we go after in life, they make us happy temporarily but they will not satisfy your soul. You will always be chasing after the wind, chasing after success. You'll get it, 
and then you want more, and it's never enough. It is so deceptive. You chase after money, you get it, and you always want another dollar. It is so deceptive. You will never find that satisfaction. It's chasing carrots. And in a way, it's kind of designed by God to be that way. He's like, yeah, go after it. Sex, status, salary, money, power, whatever. Go get it. Come to the end of your rope, hopefully sooner rather than later, and realize it's never enough. This desire for more has always been there, and it's meant to be filled by God. Jesus is saying that desire, that thing, that significance you are looking for is found in Jesus and Jesus alone. That's the significance of these events. And it's all been pointing to this right here. And what would God want to do with you on this tiny, pale, blue dot? You. Broken you. Messed up you. Lonely you. Sad you. Hopeless you. What would God want to do with you? Everything. Everything. It's why he came. He sees you today. He knows you today. He knows that thing that's going to your grave. He knows that. And he loves you the same. It hasn't changed one iota. The fact that you came here today, it wasn't like, oh, bump your good score up a little bit. No, 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 no. He loves you the same. And it is not an accident that you are here hearing this word saying God loves you. You don't have to earn it, just receive it. He has a plan for you today. No matter where you're at today, he can take the, the worst things in your life and turn them into good. The things that, that you're like, oh, this hurts or whatever, let him heal that because there's somebody else who's going to come down the road who they're hurting with the same thing and they're going to need you one day and you're going to find your purpose. You're going to find your calling and other people are going to see Jesus because of you. There is significance behind these events. It's bigger than us. It's bigger than you. This is not just some happy ending. This is something that changes the course of your life. This is something that changes the course of your family. This is the stuff that changes communities. This is the stuff that changed the world. When he rose from the dead, these guys, they got it and they changed the world. 2,000 years later, here we are, same group of people, the same followers doing the same thing in our own context. Jesus says, I want to go on mission with each and every one of you. What would God want to do with me? Everything. Everything. It is finished. Yeah, amen to that. I love that. Come on now. I'll take that. Some of you got some unfinished business. That's why you're here today. God did his work. But some of you, you have some unfinished business today. You need to do some, some work with God in the sense of like, you know what? I, I've never given my life to Christ. In a minute, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask, if you've never given your life to Christ, I'm going to have a moment where you say, yeah, I want to I surrender my life to him. I'm going to turn from living my way 
how I, when I, how I want to live, when I want to live, where I want to live. I don't want anything to do with, you know, anybody telling me what to do to like, you know what, there is this God, he loves me. I'm going to just try to take that next step and follow him as best I can, one step at a time. At Freedom Church, we want to help you take your next step of faith one step at a time. We're not asking you to be perfect. Just do take the next step. Some of y'all, you have not been to church in a long time. You're kind of checking this thing out, but you know, you know what my next step is? I do need to come back next week. That's what God's kind of speaking to me. Some of y'all, you know, hey, I got a next step. I need to serve somebody. I need to, I, I, it's something else, not even related to anything else, but God's speaking to right to your soul. Do that thing. We've got some unfinished business where God is trying to, to not shame us, but make us better. Following Jesus is not easy, never easy, okay? But it's always moving you to make you better. And that's what we're about. We do that together here as a family. For those of you, you're like, hey, I want to give my life to Christ. How do I do that? You just said you don't have to do anything, but Bible just says it like this. Romans 10, 9, 1 with this. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. That means he's Lord, big L, like he's in charge. Not following me. I'm not Lord. He's Lord. He's the author. He's the creator. I'm going to follow him, surrender to him. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Say these last words with me. You will be saved. That's it. It's that easy. It's that hard. But I want to ask if we would all stand together, I want to just have a time and a moment. Some of us, we need to, we know, we know we're ready. I want to nail this thing down. So with your head bows and eyes closed, Father, we just thank you for this time, for this moment right here. I thank you for moving in this room and speaking to people's hearts, speaking to them, let them know that there is hope. Things may look chaotic. The circumstances may look out of control. Yeah, I got questions for you, God. Where are you? How could you? But at the same time, in this moment right here, I'm putting my faith in you. This isn't a faith based on feelings. These are eyewitnesses' accounts. These are, this, is, this is faith backed by evidence. There's nothing in the tomb. A tomb is empty. I'm going to give my life to that guy, Jesus. Make him the Lord of my life. Believe in him. Trust in him and follow him. I'm a follower of Jesus. So for some of you in the room today, you need to nail that down for the very first time. You don't have to walk out of here wondering. You can nail that down here today. Now you can be in here today and you can reject it. You can be like, nope, don't want any part of it. I'm going to reject it. That's fine. You can put it off. I'll make that decision another day. But you're not guaranteed another day. Or you can accept him as your Lord and Savior right here and right now, and he will come into your heart. He will forgive you of your sins. He will change your life. He will set you on a course of peace and freedom and love. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this one rate and review the podcast that really does get the message out to other people faster as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week and finally if you want to partner with us financially head on over to our website click the word give that's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster have a wonderful week god bless